This is Napkin Scribbles, a podcast by Arthur and Professor Leonard Sweet. Today's Napkin Scribble is sponsored by Portland Seminary of George Fox University. For more information, join them on the web at portlandseminary.org. Now here's Leonard Sweet. Welcome to this new episode of Napkin Scribbles, a alphabet for a global humanity, a primer for a common humanity. We're up to the letter E in this alphabet where we're choosing words from a variety of different languages, a variety of different cultures to understand what it means to be a Jesus human. And E, I am choosing from the Greek Eucharist. I want to be a Eucharist human. A Jesus human is a Eucharist human. Now, Eucharist literally means thank you, in Greek, Eucharistia. Two of the most healing words any human can hear, thank you. We don't hear those words enough. And thank you in Greek is Eucharistia. Thank you is one of the two sacraments, at a minimum, in the Christian tradition. But thank you isn't truly sacramental or Eucharistic, without a story to go with it. And the story that wraps the thank you in the Jesus human tradition is the story of Jesus' Last Supper with his disciples, where he says, this is my body, which is given for you. This is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And the giving of thanksgiving is for the benefit of others, for you. And the essence of Eucharist is self-giving, self-sacrifice, not posturing, not positioning for you. Yet, even in the story here, the disciples don't get it, as we often don't get it. For immediately after the Eucharist, they engage in a contest over who's the greatest among us. In a world today that's obsessed with the marks of the beast, Jesus gave us six marks of the feast, which I call the marks of Eucharistic living. And these six marks of the feast were what got Jesus killed. First, includes at his table the undesirables, the unseen, the discarded, the dislocated. Jesus stayed away from head tables and gravitated to end tables, tables on the margins with the marginalized. His table society didn't look like any other society. Second, he condemns the elite for a closed table to the expendables and undesirables and for only opening it to those advantageous to their standing. So in doing this, Jesus literally turns the tables upside down even more than he overturned the tables in the temple. He includes the excluded and excludes the included insiders. So there is exclusion at Jesus' table, but it's not the ones that the world is excluding. Third, Jesus crosses boundaries by inviting to his table sinners and others whose presence normally contaminates the occasion. Eating with unwashed hands doesn't defile the meal. 
to marginalize is sin. Here is a typical Jesus guest list. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. Fourth, Jesus' hospitality is indifferent to status, honor, and wealth, and he gives the best seats at the table to the forgotten and the feral, to outsiders, outcasts, outliers, and the out-of-bounds. And these four table manners became the key feature of the community that would bear his name and that we continue to bear his name today. Fifth, at every Jesus table, Jesus is the head and the host. Is Jesus the head and the host at your table? And the sixth mark of the feast, Jesus said, eat last. We always eat last. Now, the default setting for the early church was Eucharistic living. Weekly Thanksgiving around a common meal, usually culminating with a celebration of the Lord's Supper. Eucharist is the most intimate act Christians engage in as a community then and now. In fact, for the first 250 years, followers of Jesus gathered in households to eat together and practice thankfulness or Eucharist around a table. They came together as an ecclesia, which means community. It doesn't mean place. And since the community gathered most often at table, ecclesia meant table fellowship or Eucharist. When Christians gathered outside homes for worship, it was unconsecrated, functional places, where ecclesia still meant community. Only gradually did ecclesia come to mean place or building and not Eucharistic community. For the earliest Christians, there was a sacred presence and person, not a sacred place. All sacredness inhered in Jesus. The notion that certain places were sacred, that's a pagan notion. The temple was not sacred. Only the presence of God in the Holy of Holies in the temple was sacred. In pagan culture, sacred places required priestly intermediaries. The early Christians vehemently denied this. The only sacred place was the person of Jesus who invited us to be Eucharist in remembrance of me. There was no sacred ecclesia, only a sacred Christos. Divinity cannot be housed or localized in a place. Divinity can only be housed in a person for whom humans live thankfully and eucharistically. And we began this letter of the alphabet with a quote from Jesus, this is my body. But since Jesus was speaking either Aramaic or most likely Hebrew, his sentence, this is my body, would have included no word the equivalent of the is, as in this is my body. It's linguistically impossible to say, this is my body in Hebrew or Aramaic. So what would Jesus most likely have said? This is me. Not, this is my body, but this is me. In other words, this is myself in its totality. This embraces all the activity that is taking place around the table. This 
is my total self and all its corporality. You can't separate Jesus's personal corporal body from his corporate communal body, as expressed in table fellowship and in the Christ body community we know of as koinonia. So this, in this is me, refers to the communal breaking of bread, not just the flesh of Jesus, but the whole action of his physical presence and hosting this entire meal with his disciples. Paul's Greek word is koinonia, and ours is communion. But this is the whole table time with his disciples. This is koinonia. This is communion, not just the bread that he's breaking, but the koinonia fellowship that breaks bread with the dead and the living. And so after this is me comes four animations of this is what I'm really like. And the four features of living Eucharistically are number one, offering. Number two, thanking. Number three, breaking. Number four, sharing. First is the freedom to offer. Second is the trusting to thank. Third is the obedience, even to breaking, a breaking for Jesus, which will occur on the cross. And fourth is loving to share in the self-giving love and a willingness to give oneself away and share in his resurrection life. Life offered, life lived thankfully, life lived broken, life totally shared. This is Eucharistic humanity. A Eucharistic human turns their home into a liturgical paradise of offering, thanking, breaking, and sharing. A Eucharistic human practices radical hospitality in a culture that sees Christians as fools and frauds, much the same ways the early church faced a culture that saw them as atheists and cannibals. There are two imperatives of faith formation in a Eucharistic human, kudos and koinonia. Two Greek words meaning praise and appreciation, kudos, and connection and community, koinonia. To grow in grace and in the image of Christ, every human heart needs kudos and koinonia, appreciation and integration. Jesus' Last Supper ended with a lifting up of two key elements in the Passover meal, bread and wine. And with these two elements, he introduced a whole new world with the exact same words God used to introduce the first Adam to his world. Eat. Eat freely. That's the first commandment that God gave to humans. Eat. A Jesus human life is a life of Eucharist. It's so important that I often sign off my letters, Eucharistically yours, as I sign off this napkin scribble with the E letter of this global alphabet, Eucharistically yours. 
Thank you for listening to Napkin Scribbles. This episode contains notes and thoughts from Jesus Human, Primer for Common Humanity, Dr. Leonard Sweet's latest book, which can be found on Amazon.com. Remember, Napkin Scribbles is brought to you by Portland Seminary of George Fox University. For more information, join them on the web at portlandseminary.org. For Arthur and Professor Leonard Sweet, happy scratching and scribbling.